Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help the fellow man, hoping we can make it Well, welcome to another episode of Blog Talk Radio. My name is John Fisher. I'm your host. And uh, our guest tonight is uh, no one new to most of you because we've had him on two or three times, but he is also a part of our staff at The Catch. And that is none other than our Director of Discipleship, John Shirk. Now, uh, let me tell you just briefly about John, and then I'm going to introduce what we're going to talk about tonight, because it's really important. Um, uh, but John is lives in the Chicago area. Many of you may know he... he basically started from scratch to walk into urban Chicago and say, how am I going to bring the gospel to these people? How am I going to minister to these people? And one thing led to another, and he ended up uh, in a, well, what is called a poetry slam. And that is where poets get together and share their poetry and judge each other and uh um you know they're 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 kind and generous and sometimes they're ruthless and it's it's uh it's quite a deal and uh, john walked right into the middle of that and uh basically uh over time uh proved his faith uh and found out he was a poet on top of that and and became a part of that whole community and uh, it's really quite a story um if you'd like to read a read about it um you can um you can get his book and we'll we'll tell you actually before the end of the show how how to get his book sacrificial poets but uh uh, I just wanted you to know that background on John a little bit, and uh, but he is also, as I said, director of discipleship, um, and his uh, expertise. Every time I talk to John, it just seems to come up how important relationships are, and I I think that we are finding out that this is the new word for uh, for us in the uh, 21st century. You know, we hear a lot about the Jesus movement. And uh, the movie, we've got, we've got two or three movies. We've got uh, uh, a new documentary on love, the rock group love song. There's just a lot coming out 
and a lot of interest in the Jesus movement. So it's very tempting people my age who went through uh, the Jesus movement uh, to compare and to talk about it. And because a lot of people, you know, there, there's a lot of interest. And with the, with the Jesus Revolution film, a lot of people love going back and experiencing some of those things new. Um, they bring back great memories. A lot of people met the Lord during that time and have followed him now for 45, 50 years. And uh, so there's a lot of interest. But, you know, and some people have even talked about how, gee, maybe we can have another Jesus movement. The thing is, one thing we know, if we're going to have another Jesus movement, it's not going to be like the first one. It's going to be totally different. Just because 50 years is a long time and people change and culture changes and there's a lot of different things going on right now. And uh, uh, But the temptation is to compare. If somebody like me, um, I have a temptation to go back and compare. Um, so uh, excuse my long-winded introduction, but I'm kind of going to set John up here. Um, you know, we we have uh, uh, we've been um, comparing the Jesus movement days to these days today, and what I have discovered is that um, you know what's totally different is that. We have today a situation where there's almost, well, I call it too much Christianity. I mean, Christianity, Christians, uh, you know, we have, it's very hard to be a Christian and talk about Jesus um, without all the social, political, religious, racial, even economic baggage attached to that now and now my point is none of that was around 50 years ago we didn't have any of this stuff and so people were very open about Jesus and uh, as a matter of fact there was it was such a move of the Holy Spirit literally if you were wearing a Jesus t-shirt or something that indicated that maybe you might be a Christian, people would literally walk up to you and say, uh, I want to meet Jesus. Could you tell me how to do that? I mean, it was that direct. Uh, it's a truly a different world. And to give you an idea how different that world is now, George Barna just put out a research study of non-Christians, actually he called them uh, non-spiritually open non-Christians, he called them. In other words, they're curious. They're at least open to talking about Christianity, uh, but but they're still not believers. So, uh, interesting, interesting group of people. It's, it's not that they're just Closed or anti-Christian and don't want to even discuss it. 
No, they, they, they'd be happy to talk about it. And so he did a research study on, uh, on these people. And what he did was uh, find out where they were at based on a number of statements on whether they agreed or they didn't agree. And here are four of those statements. Um, The first one is 24% of them completely agreed with the statement, I feel like I have heard everything church leaders have to teach. (laughs) 34% chose the church does not answer my questions. 36% say, I feel like my beliefs aren't aligned with most of the Christians I know. And then this one, of course, is no surprise at all. The largest, most popular response uh, chosen by 51% of these people was uh I prefer to distance myself from the politics of the church. What a statement. The politics of the church. What is that? We could spend a whole half hour talking about that. I don't think there is or should be politics of the church. But at any rate, that's where we are today. You can see it's a very different world. Um, So now, you know, you want to... Tell non-Christians, tell these people about Christ, well, you know, you got a lot going against you. They don't feel like they have anywhere that they can connect with us. We don't have anything new to tell them from a spiritual standpoint. We can't answer their questions, and we don't line up with any of their beliefs. Wow. See what I mean? There's a perception, a preconceived perception about Christianity and Christians. We're going to talk about that tonight, and we're going to talk about what can we do about it, how, how, how can we approach uh, these people who uh, already have so many ideas about what they think and don't think of the church. So, after all of that, please, uh, John, I'd like to welcome you to Blog Talk Radio, and I hope you're ready to talk. <laughs> Thanks for having me, John. Yeah, that's that's a lot, but it's important stuff. Um, mm-hmm. We're looking at a major cultural shift. I, what I would say is, back in the original Jesus movement, we had a culture that was Christianized. It might, It wasn't that everybody was Christian. But everybody, for the most part, our culture had a respect for the church as an institution, for Hmm. Christian leaders, and they shared a lot of our worldview, a lot of our values and beliefs. And so it was only natural that somebody who was searching and was – would see somebody with a Jesus T-shirt and think, that person might be able to help me. Mm -hmm. But today, we're dealing with a post-Christian culture, and and like Barna's statistics show, a lot of people feel like – We've, we've done that. We've been there. We've done that. We did the whole church thing. We did the whole Christian thing. I don't like how it turned out. I don't think it worked. And therefore, I'm ready to move on. And so why would I go to a church 
to get answers. Why would I ask somebody in a Jesus T-shirt? He's probably superstitious. He's probably against science. And we can, as, as believers, we can debate whether this is a fair critique and, you know, the cause of this. But we can't escape the fact that it's real. And so, in a sense, in a Christianized culture, yeah, you can start with Jesus. Because they came to you with a, a certain, with a lot in common. Um, and they came to you ready to listen. But in a uh, post-Christian culture, I don't know that you can start with Jesus because they think they already know Jesus and they've already given up on that. They think they already know what you're going to say. And so mm. you have to start by being Jesus and showing love and building a relationship like Jesus did, which is where, you know, you mentioned I'm all about relationships. I mean, I think Jesus was all about relationships. He said the whole law and the prophets was love God, which is a relationship, and love your neighbor, which is another set of relationships. So we, we have to get past the notion that we can just invite our friends to a church service or a church event, and they will listen respectfully to our teaching and encounter truth that they've never heard before and be transformed by it. Most mm. of them won't accept an invitation until they have a – at least not – they won't accept an invitation to church, but they will accept an invitation to dinner. Yeah. And over dinner – you can get to know them. You can build a relationship. You can show love. You can get invested in their life. And then as a part of that, you can begin to share about Jesus and about faith. And then they're much more open. Uh, how, how do we do that? You know, if that's true, then what things are important to us um to 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 be good at what what do we need to what do we need to be aware of and 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 how can we help uh form relationships with unbelievers that's that's a pretty tough thing really in a way used to be almost impossible um because we were so different um you want to comment on that well, I think I think how we form relationships is the same way that anybody else would form relationships. Um, we just can't use church and church programs. It used to be you could invite them to church and then build a relationship. The relationship has to come first. I was talking with a pastor today, and, I, and uh, the great example is sports ministries. In a post-Christian context, Inviting people to a sports league at your church, a lot of people are like, oh, it's church, like I'm suspicious, you know, politics, all those things you mentioned, and they're, and they're not going to be interested in coming. However, if you tell your people, go to the local YMCA and volunteer to coach a, you know, basketball team, sign up to coach a little league team um, at the park district. If you go out where the non-Christian people are and get involved in sports and hobbies and uh, organizations and engage them in, on their turf, then they're much more open and the relationship can be built. And then what often happens is they're surprised. It's like, oh, wait, you're a Christian. Well, you don't fit the stereotype that I had. You you're not 
the person that I, you know, that I thought Christian, mm-hmm. that I thought all Christians were, and then you can really engage with well, who Jesus is and and why I follow Jesus and why yeah, there's been a lot of horrible things in in many cases. You know, the things that people are often critical of are actually based on things that have happened. There have been Christians that have given Christ a bad name, mm-hmm. and you can have that conversation in a relationship, but. Those, but but only after the relationship. If you start with that conversation, the relationship will never happen. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think we have to uh, at times say, as Christians, something like, "Well, that's not me," or "I'm not that. I'm not like that," uh, or or I, "I don't believe that." Um, I'm, uh, this is me over here. I mean, do we have to, do we have to do that sometimes? Do you think, John? Well, um, I, what, what you, you mentioned, I'm involved in the, the poetry community here in Chicago and yeah. I've, I've at times, you know, been introducing a poem and, and talking about that, that might reference faith. And I, and, you know, one of the things I've said is, you know, I'm the I'm the token Christian, and that leads me a, a lot of times to be apologizing for a lot of things Christians have done, because the church hasn't always lived up to the following, the teachings of Jesus. Yeah. And frankly, I probably haven't always lived up to the teachings of Jesus. That's mm-hmm. why the church and I both need Jesus. And mm-hmm. so I think we can be honest about, yeah, the church doesn't have its act all together, and I don't have my act all together. Um, but that's precisely why we need Jesus. I think the best gospel presentation in America today is when I let my not yet Christian friends eavesdrop when I share the gospel with myself and when they hear how much I need Jesus because of my own um, struggles and questions and and failings. You know, I, I don't need to – again, back in the 70s, Maybe you could say you need Jesus because people believe that, and that's why they came to you and asked, how do I meet Jesus? But now saying you need Jesus, they're going to assume you're talking about all the baggage that has, you know, that has been piled on that in a post-Christian context. Now they need to hear me say I need Jesus because of these struggles in my life, because of these issues my life i need jesus jesus is where i find hope and they're smart enough to realize they have some of the same struggles i do they have some of the same doubts and fears and you know concerns for their family and their country and whatnot and that if jesus can help me with those struggles that maybe he can help them too Hmm. john i've watched you uh with this group uh been uh when uh, during the pandemic, especially we, your your poetry readings turned uh, online, and uh, so that was fun because uh, uh, Marty and I were able to sit in on a number of them, and I could really tell that uh, these people, and some of them are radically not Christians, um, uh, yet they they hold a respect for you and uh and uh, what appears to be a, a total acceptance of your beliefs and what you are doing what what do you think has been uh the key to that happening 
Maybe one well, or two things, maybe. Even. I mean, number one, number one, listening with humility and just realizing um, I, I'm not here to, to fix everybody. I'm not here to tell everybody how to, how to straighten their life out. Um, you know, again, throwing answers at people don't help, but listening and uh, empathizing and sharing my own, uh, my own, my own struggles and my own journey to follow Jesus, people, you know, I believe, I believe are two magic words. People will give, uh, give a lot of leeway for someone to express what they honestly believe and how they're trying to live their life. Um, but preaching and, you know, you need to, and this is, that alienates a lot of people. Yeah. So, so sharing, sharing humbly and honestly, um, but also just love. Uh, giving people a ride when they need it, helping people move. Um, hmm. Hmm. During, during the pandemic, you know, grocery shopping for folks that either were sick or were afraid of getting sick. Maybe they're immunocompromised. Uh, I'm, I'm around a lot of young people, and for a lot of years it was pulling the seats out of my minivan to help people move to a new apartment. And hmm. just being involved in people's lives in a way that says, you're important, and I love you. And we probably disagree on some things, and we have different beliefs, but I don't condemn you. I love you, and I respect you. Um, real love is so rare in today's world that, that people – that is incredibly attractive. And people will put up with a lot of strange beliefs from their friends who, who love them. And they'll put up with a lot – like, oh, I think, I think the, the, the Christian witness moving forward should be – wow, those people are kind of weird, but they're a good weird. And I'm <laughs> glad that they're in my life. You know, I, I don't get why he believes what he believes and he does things that are kind of weird sometimes, but I'm glad he's around because he'll always take my phone call and he'll always be there when there's a, a challenge I need help with and, and that, that kind of thing. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. Well, have, have you been able to to see any fruit? of this um you know i i know i know a lot of people want to see numbers you know how many people uh became christians out of this group you know i and uh i i know that this is a, a much different reality that you're living in you're not walking around holding evangelistic crusades um in town and preaching on the street corner and that kind of thing you're living your life within the midst of a, of a actually a t- pretty tight knit community. Um, what, there's got to be some some uh, encouragement along the way. Some what has brought you what has brought you joy, or what is, what has brought you something that said, well that was worth it. <laughs> you know, I mean. Uh, you have any any stories so, like you can share? So I I think I think we often in the church talk about conversions and did people yeah. you know come to faith and all that. And obviously I'm on this journey towards Jesus and I welcome as many of my friends on the journey with me. I think it would be great. But if if my focus is how many people convert, then that can kind of change the the relationship from I love you till to I'm fixing you, you know, I'm, I'm changing you. Mm. And what, 
like what gives me joy? Recently, I had a few of my friends. I said, hey, you know, some of my churches that support my ministry are interested in learning more about my ministry. Would you do a little video testimonial? And none of them were believers. They were all very post-Christian, and, and none of them were believers. But they said, basically, to, to paraphrase, um, John loves us. When we want someone to talk about Jesus, he is always there. He doesn't push his faith on us, but he's always willing to talk to people that want to. And in many ways, there's room in my life and my community for Jesus followers like John. Hmm. And I would love for them all to say, wow, I met Jesus too. And uh, John, let's all be you know, brothers and sisters and go on this journey together. But, but just knowing that the love of Jesus, they're experiencing being loved. Um, mm-hmm. And that's connecting their their relationship with Jesus is inevitably between them and Jesus. I can't, I can't make them love Jesus, but I can love them. And when they tell me that I'm succeeding at that, then I want to celebrate. Mm-hmm. And honestly, wow. it, it might sound horrible to some of our Christian listeners, but to make them love Jesus, if I were to try to make them love Jesus, I would be doing what God himself doesn't do. You know, mm. he, he, uh, he says, whosoever will may come and he invites us to follow him. Yeah. But, uh, but he's also allows us to make choices. And so I got to let my friends make choices too, but I can't love them. I, I do have control over whether I love them. And when I know that they recognize they are loved, then I feel like, okay, I'm, I'm a little bit like Jesus in that. Hmm. They are loved uh, uh, not to an end. Not to a, are they loved uh, to where um, you know they'll really be loved if they become Christians, or uh, and that that you'll be really happy then, and you will have accomplished your goal, or are they just loved? Period. I have a friend that did a line in a poem. I don't believe in Jesus, but I believe in you. Hmm. And in, in many, in many ways, like because of all the baggage that, you know, Barna references, yeah. they're not ready to embrace this Jesus who they think is uh, political and, and they think they've heard all this, but they are ready to embrace a real relationship with a Jesus follower who actually loves them. And yeah. I'm convinced that out of that, the best way for them to meet Jesus is for them to meet Jesus and me. Mm. Boy. Ah. That's a, you know. <laughs> say, say that again, John, one more time. I think that's, I think that's the key. Uh, the best way for them to meet Jesus is for them to meet Jesus in me. You know, the, the, best, the, the best way for them to get a relationship with Jesus is to get a relationship with his body, you know, the body of Christ here on earth. And mm-hmm. in the Chicago Poetry Scene, that's me. And our listeners are in other parts of the country all over the place, and they have an opportunity in their context to be the Jesus, the, you know, to build the relationship that will introduce um, people in their neighborhood, coworkers, fellow students, whatever, to Jesus. Wow. 
But it begins and ends with a relationship. Yeah, yeah. So, John, we're talking about, uh, we just got about a minute left here. You know, the Jesus movement, we started uh, this whole interview with a little discussion of that. Could it be that uh, that what we really need now is a, a relationship movement? <laughs> yeah, I think the last reformation in the church was, you know, salvation by faith. The just will live by faith. Uh-huh. I think the next reformation is going to be discipleship through relationships. Hmm. To where, I mean, programs and classes and workbooks, those all have some value and they all teach us content and stuff. But, but real, real learning, a real to love God and love your neighbor starts in a relationship where somebody models it, where they love God and they love you. Hmm. Wow. That's so good. John, I want to thank you for being on with us tonight. Um, this is this is so important. Uh, we, we just have to we have to really care for people. I noticed that, uh, this kind of echoed what you said, but uh, George in George George Barnes after his you know his study in the conclusion. Um, he said, people of no faith are clear that they are looking for understanding, empathy, and belonging. Mm -hmm. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. So, to the extent that we're able to give those things to people, we will be carrying out what God wants us to be in the world. Would you agree with that? I agree. Understanding, love empathy, God, love your neighbor, and belonging. And by the way, even love your enemy, which is even harder. Yeah, yeah, that's part of it too. Uh, well, John, this has been rich. Uh, it's brief, but we got we got to the most important stuff. We got to the essence. So. Thank you so much for being with us tonight. And uh, God, continue to bless your work, my friends. Thank you, John. You're listening to right. The Catch with John Fisher. Amen. Well, there you go, folks. Connecting life to faith. It's all about relations. It's a different world, different culture. got to remember that. It starts from a different place. It starts with Jesus start with people, loving people, understanding, empathy, and belonging. God bless you. We will see you next week. Don't don't miss Blog Talk Radio. These are fantastic opportunities. Take care, and uh, we will see you next week. God bless.